If you want to do a good business, you have to work hard. Just pretend I'm like six years old. What is NFT? Artists to me are really the best seismographs of a society. Life will be hybrid. Everything will be digital. They don't want to hear anything about AI because life is changing. And yeah, and it's an opportunity. Um, today I'm super excited because you are so special for me. Your experience, you know, you co-founded so many companies and then you are also a professor in an academical world, right? So first question is, say, who is Aneta? What's your title? My title. So you mean the business title or the academic title? So I guess the academic title. Yeah, so I'm an art historian with expertise in digital art. The interesting thing is that I've already had a place for chemistry when I started my studies. And then I thought I'd take another look at art history. And uh, you know not what? So the student advisor at that time said to me, please don't study art history. There will be no jobs for you. Then I thought to myself, now more than ever yeah <laughs> uh, this was nice and uh, you know I, I was never unemployed so I did so many things already during studying so I have been working in the library in, in Munich for the Art History Institute and for the Hatziana in Rome and I was working in galleries I was working in museums and I was always connected with artists and uh, with collectors and so I, I did many things and I was listening a lot and I After graduating, I immediately started my doctorate, which was about the situation and the reception of modern art after the Second World War in Germany, which was highly political motivated. It was very interesting and uh, this is what interests me most, reaction to the time and to history and the circumstances of a special time. Wow. And then you mentioned that you got the advice that don't study traditional art. Why was that? No, traditional art, yes. But of course, I studied traditional art because this is part of art history. Yeah, mm. So you have to go through all centuries. Of the beginning is the Gothic time until the beginning of the 20th century. So there's where art history stops. And the most interesting thing in art history to me is innovation. Artists are also right now, they're doing what they did all the centuries so they are reacting on time yeah and it's all about new technologies it's all about new world views and if you go to a museum it's like that look at the pieces and remember the time and the circumstances when they have been created and then you can realize that this is pretty exciting all innovation totally right. what's your business titles then My business title is art history or art historian, but it's far more than that. Meanwhile, because there have been many other stations after my studying. For example, I was in Brussels for a time to work for a collector. And then I came back to Munich working as gallery assistant, Munich based gallery. And it started after this experiences. So I was working for myself. So I got freelanced and I opened an art advisory, which is still existing. Thing. But in 2014, it was like that, that people here in Munich asked me to do an art fair. Mm. And I said, so guys, there are so many art fairs. So if we do an art fair, let's do something different. Yeah, We organized an art fair dedicated to digital art in 2014. It was pioneer work and we invited galleries and artists to show their artworks. And there have been a lot of discussions and experiences around it. And this was also the time when the blockchain discussion started with artists. It was the time when 
digital artists were thinking about how to uniqueize and to monetize digital artworks. We were discussing the transparency of the blockchain, which is also a game changer for provenance research and, and all these things. This was my first co-founding companies in the digital field. Wow. And now why, why do you do the work you are doing? It's passion. So I like change. I don't like still stand. I like movement and all the world. It's all about change. I love to work with artists. That's it. <laughs> and why? No, because um, artists, you know, artists to me are the, the really the best seismographs of a society because they have the distance to new topics, they have the distance to new technologies and they can visualize what's going on with zeitgeist topics. Yeah, What we can feel right now, there is a change, a change in evolution as well. Technology is changing our behavior, our patterns, our thoughts. We are on the next step of a next evolution in mankind. And so this is pretty exciting. So when did you co-founder your first company? Can you take me back to the to the first day when you think about, okay, I'm going to co-founder my company? Uh, yeah, this was in 2013 with the art advisory company. I'm still working in the fine art industry and this is about how to educate collectors and to advise collectors and it's a, about provenance research as well and you know there are many fakes outside also in the fine art business and industry with Picasso and so on. This I'm still doing this, it's a criminal work, <laughs> no not criminal, it's like um, how do you call uh, detective work? Yeah. yeah, I like this. And then in 2014, I co-founded Unpainted. This mm -hmm. was the name of the art fair. Then it came all back during COVID. COVID or the pandemic accelerated all these topics. And it was the time in 2020 when Clubhouse started. Do you remember back to Clubhouse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so people went crazy with Clubhouse and uh, we started to rediscuss digital art and digital topics and since that I would say I'm deeply into all these topics and it's my main business now. Wow so like <clears throat> you can really spot on counterfeit of the art piece right the fake arts. Okay if I'm an outsider and I'm like I wanted to collect arts traditional arts what's the top advice you would give it to me when I am about to buy in so to say somebody told me it's a hundred years old art and what's the top three things I need to look at? First of all, you have to buy only these things you really like. Yeah, <laughs> Art is always a dialogue and you have to live with it. Then you need to know the story of the artist and you need the provenance, which means what happened to the artwork at the beginning, the stations the artwork had from the artist until the current owner. This is very important where it was exhibited. In terms of improvement, beside the provenance, you can do some uh, technical research so many things you have to keep in mind buying older art pieces yeah so masterpieces so it sounds like really hard to trace the kind of like the history of a really really old piece is that one of the reason you are so passionate 
passionate about digital art and then because I know blockchain, one of the traits is that authenticity. How do you see the authenticity part from the blockchain side can combine with the traditional art? Is there any chemistry between this both? Of course, yeah. So this is what I tell the art industry. So the blockchain is really a game changer also for provenance research. And if we start now to bring these art pieces or the history of art pieces on the blockchain, we can really track the provenance and make a proof and make it transparent to people who want to buy art pieces. Yeah, mm -hmm. makes absolutely sense. Do you have some use cases or business cases already exist? There are some companies who use the blockchain as certification tool, like Versi Art, for example. Also we, because we co-founded also X-Circle, which is an NFT gallery or dedicated to digital art. It's all certified by NFTs, blockchain proof. Makes absolutely sense. So I would advise to artists also to make a kind of catalog resume with the blockchain as a tool and to use the technology for this. Okay, just pretend I'm like six years old. What is NFT? Six years old. <laughs> okay. Blockchain is really a tool to make a proof to certify. An NFT is nothing else than the combination between a digital file and a smart contract that all together makes it transparent and provable. And smart so. contract is the same as the normal contract? The smart contract is written on the blockchain. What was new in 2014 already, the combination between the blockchain and the smart contract, and it makes absolutely sense, yeah. You teach at LMU, right? It's one of the most prestige university in the world as well. Do you talk about NFT blockchain use case in also this kind of prestige organization? I do, so I have the freedom to teach it, yeah. So I'm teaching the history of digital art in university, but it's up from the beginning of digital art, which already happened in the 60s. Yeah, so when the first computer was switched on, digital art was born. It's up to blockchain-based art, also AI art, art in the metaverse. So we have all these topics in our course. 60s, people use computer create art already back then? This is what I meant with artists. So this is really exciting because they immediately react on new technologies. And when the first computers were switched on and you remember back, so these were huge machines in huge spaces, but they went to libraries and they wrote algorithms and they printed out their ideas. Yeah, so art is all about ideas and concepts. So these first plotter drawings, so-called plotter drawings were created in the 60s and they're still there. And artists at that time, they threw it away as well. And today they are very high in demand and very expensive. Oh really, you mean the printout version or yeah. the, how expensive it is? Uh, there are plotter drawings between 20,000 and 100,000, depends on the artist. Holy moly, that's <clears throat> a lot. And what's your favorite art kind? Oh, this is really, um, really <laughs> difficult. Uh, it, it changed also. There, at the beginning, I was very impressed from the Gothic time. And right now, I love net art because I'm collecting digital art as well, of course. And I was starting to collect net art very early. People what is net art? Net art is internet art, a kind of pre-NFT, because if you buy net art, you buy the domain. And the domain exists only once, so it's unique. You have to share it to the world because at the end you buy a contract where it's all written how to handle with net art. 
So it's transparent and behind the surface you have the code. In this code there is written the artist and the title and the signature and the programmer and everything. So it's it's pre-NFT. Mm -hmm. And if you look at, for example, popcornpainting.com, it's mine. Yeah. Ah, really? Yes. Make sure you check it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so like <coughs> when you are buying net art, are you buying the artist or are you buying the code? Or what are you actually buying? You actually buy the domain. In the contract, it's written that you have to take care about the domain so that it's online all the time. And so if browser technology is changing, you are responsible for keeping it online. So I gave up everything to an institution in the Netherlands who cares about it. The first, one of the first websites, for example, or internet art was this work www.jodyorg.com. And what you can see there, it was created in 1993 very early and what you can see there it's the typical aesthetic from this time yeah so it's black and green ascii codes and looks like programmable failure maybe but idea or the concept is behind the surface it's, it's in the source code what you can see in the source code is the ground floor of a water bomb it means the artists at that time uh, first of all demonstrated that the internet is not just a tool for communication it's also a tool for artists or artistic tool and there are maybe some dangers behind the surface. What we can see now so that it's used for business because the idea at the beginning was different. It's less democratic. There are also fakes. So these kind of things. When you look in the industry, what kind of would you say biggest problem in the traditional art industry? And then what you can see, we have instant solution. We can solve that. I would say transparency, transparency and trust. Yeah. This is really the biggest problem in the traditional artwork. This way the blockchain can really help. There are many things that changed until now. For example, also the value of art. I remember the time when galleries have been the gatekeepers of artists, for example, or the value of art. And then there was the time when journalists have been the most important people who decides what is art and because they are, were writing. And then there was the time for curators who have been the stars and have been invited by the galleries to talk about artists and to bring them to exhibitions. And now we have the time when a community decides what is art. We have seen this recently with Rafik Anadol's work, which was discussed by a critic, an American critic, in a wrong way. And so the community defended Rafik Anadol and there are millions of fans of works by Rafik Anadol. Do you see artists are undervalued a lot? In all businesses, it's about a good network. Art, what is art? Art is really always a good idea and a vision and a story. Yeah? So this is the big difference between images and art because with real art, you have a dialogue and makes you happy also in 10 years. What was the question? <laughs> like, do, you, do, you, do you think artists nowadays or like even before... Yeah. Undervalued? Yes, they are. Well, and why? At the end, yeah, because because of the network. So you can be a good artist and if you are not discovered, you won't have a career. Yeah. And on the other side, if you are discovered and what I mentioned before, so if collectors decide to collect you or if critics are writing about your work or if you are invited from creators to do a show, these are the parameters for your career as an artist. And if you don't have 
this is really difficult. Mm -hmm. And this also changed with NFT because there is a complete new audience. There are these platforms without intermediaries. So you can do your own career and your own work. And for many artists, it worked well. How to become a successful NFT artist? First of all, it really depends on your work, what you are doing, vision, idea, concept. <laughs> Cannot repeat it often enough. And to use the right platforms, X-Circle, what we are doing, it's a created platforms or super rare or art blocks and generative art, for example, is very well seen and very successful. The same like before, but new tools you can use or new social media tools. Social media takes also a very important role before NFT there was Instagram which was also a kind of pre-NFT in terms of business because you could contact collectors directly or collectors directly contact artists and so this this was already a change it goes through this direction yeah and do you think scarcity is important for the value of the art still because <clears throat> i'm an outsider i i'm not really super arty you know i'm not collector as well but when i see a piece of art it needs to be kind of like limited do you mm -hmm. see this phenomenon <clears throat> also happen in a digital art world in nft too is that a really necessary element to have a high value or there's other ways such as community aspect so what's your opinion on this i think yes so i don't like additions in the nft world because you know nfts have been invented because of scarcity yeah how can i uniquize and monetize my digital artworks this was the big problem at the beginning of digital art digital tools are a medium to what you can copy this is why token based art is so important for scarcity and what works pretty well and I like this idea instead of additions are variations. What we have in generative art that you have one motive and many motives around but everything is unique. We are talking about variations. This is why it works so well. And how is NFT art market or like traditional art market in Munich? I know it's your home base right now. How's German, <laughs> like you know, this kind of industry insights in Germany? Because I got ask a lot like what's up in Germany so what do you think Germany to be honest is a little bit, little bit behind it's about openness especially in Munich you have to be open for new technologies and world views and I always remember back in time makes sense as an art historian yeah in the time of impressionism these artists they were attacked nobody wanted them and they did the same what digital artists do today they reacted to new technologies and new possibilities in art at their time we have a new language in art new subjects as well for example cyborgs science fiction the tech personalities it's all shown in digital art and we have a new surface a kind of surface that is related to snapchat filters and we have new colors and so the traditional artwork world maybe does not want it <laughs> to be and there are attacks against digital art and nft artists so this yeah. is why our, our the last title of our show was nfts must go so this was a quote by a traditional art collector and if you say something like that it's like you would say brushes must go yeah so the cameras must go it's just a tool when you are teaching in a university how does it feel different when you are 
out and in being an entrepreneur? You know, I need both and it makes absolutely sense. Teaching in university, all about reading. If you want to be up to date, so you have to read, 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 you have to reflect and you have to discuss. And I really love the discussion with my students. I also need this in business. There is no difference to me, but I know it's very unconventional. I do many things. It's not just art. Meanwhile, it's also the topic of the metaverse. And I'm very interested in the field of education and health and the metaverse, which makes absolutely sense to me. And it's very exciting. I'm also interested in digital transformation in society. This related back to my PhD topic, which was about the reception. The reception of art and the reception of new technology is very interesting to me. Also AI that is also reflected in digital art. Of course, artists are using AI since many, many years. It goes back so far. It's interesting because if you look at the time and how time is changing, 21, it was the year of NFT and also NFT. So the first NFT art piece was minted in 2014. But time passes. Then in 2022, it was the topic of the metaverse. Now it's AI. But if you look at the Gartner cycle, for example, it's with all technologies. So there is the big hype and then there is the deep fall to the valley and then the creativity period starts. This is what we're witnessing right now as well. So there, there will be a deep fall with AI as well and time of productivity will come. And how long have you been teaching? Uh, six years now. Yeah. yeah. When was your latest company founded? The latest company was last year and I intend to found the next company this year. Um, <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> we have some companies. So no, it's, it's easy. So I have my art advisory. Then we have the NFT gallery, which is X-Circle. And we founded this last year before the big crash. <laughs> and then we founded Anaftory, which is a Web3 company, also advisory. And now I'm going to start a business with the metaverse in the topic of health and education. Education. It's very important because I'm also in the advisory board of XR Explorer schools. This is about education with XR technology in schools. And this is coming as well. You know, so the iPhone, for example, which was invented in 2007, as you know, changed the internet and made it mobile. And in this year, when the Apple Vision Pro comes, it's about spatial computing. And this will change the internet to a screen. And this will also, it will be a fundamental change in our perception, which is also nice in schools. I tried it out. So if you learn history in a VR environment, if you see old Rome in VR and biology with AR tools to see the heart in AR and to deep dive in the heart and to move it. It's a complete different learning and more intense. And how do you see this in terms of human connection in the future? Do you think it will strengthen our connection or it will go sideways or it goes hand in hand? It starts already now that we all will have our AI co-pilot in future times, which can really make it our lives more efficient. Our brain is changing. I don't think about cyborgs, but at the end we can look back to science fiction films and movies. It's all there already. Yeah? So science fiction comes true. If you look at the whole AI computer board at um, Stanley Kubrick's um, 2001 Space Odyssey, for example, this was in the 60s also when this AI computer board overtook 
the crew and killed the crew because they wanted to destroy the AI board. This is really exciting. We have to take care, of course. It's not like that in our bubble that it's all good what happens right now. So we also have to think about ethics things. We have to think about sociological things and challenges we have to manage now. And now is the time that we make the foundation for all what is coming next. You have been in the era without internet and then transition to adopting new technology. And right now you are talking about future. So how can the next generation to be more cautious about new technologies? What do you think? And actually, how do you feel different when you grew up without internet and then right now you are in this position? It remembers me how old I am. <laughs> I grew up without internet and without smartphones. It hasn't been invented at that time and without social media. And now for the next generation, they cannot imagine a world without that. Yeah. So I will never forget when my nephew in 2010 asked my, my father and he said, Grandpa, so you had no computers in former times. So how did you get to the internet? They cannot imagine a world without it. There's this symbiosis, a symbiose with technology and the next generation, of course. To me, technology, it makes our lives easier mm -hmm. to navigate with the smartphone, to order, to buy, to communicate. And uh, this is how we should use new technology. We don't have to be afraid. It's, it's a completely natural development. Can be open to it or can avoid it. So I don't know, but I'm on the first side. So I love new technology. This is what I said before our talk. I have the feeling I'm the generation of the burnout generation because we worked so hard and still, yeah. So if you want to do good business, you have to work hard. It's like that. It's still like that. But the next generation is more in this work-life balance movement. But it's good. Time is over that we overwork. There's life outside as well. And we have to enjoy life. We only have the moment always yeah and yeah. we have to make the best out of it so your daughter is a gen z how's the connection interaction going with your daughter the interesting thing also with my students is there is a big longing for nature again and also a fear about the future to be too much in technology i don't know where this is coming from but they are looking for that and they take care of it also in terms of data protection also, my daughter, she's thinking about where data is going. And what do you see is the misconception when people are talking about Gen Z and actually your interaction with Gen Z? Do you see any misinterpretation in this generation? I don't have these problems with the Genesis, but what I heard also on conferences is that thing that this generation does not or is not in the mood to work until midnight. It also maybe has to do something with, with the pandemic, the change of work. Four day week, for example, they have their own challenges with climate and all the wars we have right now, but they are very reflected. We should listen more to our kids to understand our time, because what I can see is a big 
lack between the generations. Some also in my age are not using or believing in new technologies, also in the metaverse. Yeah, I have discussions with my family members and they are asking me, what are you doing there? It's not serious. Like the times when you look back to the beginning of the internet, people said, we don't need this. Emails, yeah, we don't need this. But at the end, it's here to stay. Yeah, it's all here mm -hmm. to stay. Taking back to the conversation about this generational misconception. To be honest, I personally am millennial. I'm pretty late millennial, actually. I learned every day from Gen Z. At least my personal experience, they are so smart. They work more efficiently, even though, I, yeah, I know they grew up with ChatGPT, you know. I grew up with Windows XP, XP. What do you, what, what do you expect, right? So yeah. I'm really consistently inspired by them. And also, like you said, I think they are way more conscious about the usage of such as internet because I think it's just like their environment, they're in it. Is that we grew up with nature, probably. Yeah. I didn't grow up with nature, but like, I know you do. Yeah. And also, the second point you brought up, a lot of people at your age or your generation, they are so afraid of technology. Also, there are a group of people, they want to re-enter the workforce. Do you think it's necessary to adopt technology for your age group to re-enter and how do you see those people who want to re-enter at your group like what's the advice it's all about education but you cannot be behind your time it's all running so fast the use of JetGPT and ai is for everybody it makes more efficiency and for all generations within companies it's very important that you have different generations in your team to listen each other and to learn from each other because your generation and the generation of my daughter is so fast. I need some more time for new apps or something and she's taking the smartphone and in one second she can show me what's going on. Yeah. The perception is faster. And this is what I meant, something that changes our brain. This is what I meant with the next evolution. There are many things happening right now what we maybe not perceive consciously, but what happens, yeah. Mm -hmm in the background. As a woman in your generation co-founded a company in such a technology is a really male-dominant world. Art is not, I think. Is art also male-dominant? Yeah, it was, but it's changing. How do you feel like in this environment? I feel good, but at conferences, sometimes you are the only women within of males and in discussions. And maybe it depends on the topic as well. You really need the interest for technology. But on the other side, it's really a big chance for women right now because all these topics are so new for society. So you can really get an expert if you want to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you deep dive into the topics, search your niche or maybe also new jobs, there is a big need for experts and new jobs and for people who can educate and who can show the tools, how they work. There's a big chance in society that is changing. Recently, I was talking to an advisor of a big company who said they are now in defense because it's a rule that every company has to integrate women in the boards, for example. So now they feel disadvantaged. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do think this coin has two sides, right? Yes, the environment is the fact. It's male dominant. But on the other hand, I think we as women, we need to speak up more 
Also, mm-hmm. we need to also educate ourselves more sometimes, because I see I don't know in in Europe because I only lived here for like five years, mm-hmm. but in Asia I see a lot of women we don't speak up. If we really have some skills, we don't showcase, and we also understate our skills. Mm-hmm. Do you see that as well, or like you don't in Europe? Yes, and this also depends on history. So if you look back to women rights and so on, when did it started? When we had really a voice, yeah. So maybe it started during the time of Enlightenment, 18th century. But women rights, we have already 100 years ago, and so change in society very slow. So it takes time. What would you say if any woman at your generation at your age they want to re-enter the workforce right now they sit down in front of a computer they want to educate themselves what would be the first one or two things they must check out this can be very difficult because the internet is such an open space overcrowded of information <laughs> so where to start also with art the same it depends on on the interest you have i would prefer to use artificial intelligence like chat or u.com for example there are so many tools what is u.com u.com is also a research tool and good for science research for example you get the sources of the texts as well i like that pretty much to go in dialogue with AI, for example, makes much more sense than using Google research. If you research at Google, you get internet pages. With AI, it really depends on your question. This is why I also say we are not getting more stupid now with AI. The more intelligent you are asking, the better are the results. Also for the next generation and for students and pupils, you have to really think about what you are asking and it makes us more intelligent, I would say. Yeah, I know. No. Like, how do you ask? I always like, say, hey, you are right now, it's my chief of marketing. I need a master plan of this and that for exactly this event on this day in Munich because weather might be different, you know? How do you ask? That is how I ask. Do you have any tips? <laughs> To ask, it's a training. First, you ask a very simple question. And then if you want to get deeper, you reflect yourself. I don't have an example now. You get an answer and then you reflect and then you take another question. Do you encourage your student also in the class use AI? The students told me at the beginning of the course this semester, they don't want to hear anything about AI because... <laughs> Every teacher now is talking about AI. I just gave them a curated list that they can use. And there was the big longing for text analysis. We went back to text by Basom Brock, for example, and we analyze it. So it's yeah. a lot of paperwork. Do, do you know there is another thing called ChatGPT Zero? which you can detect how many percentage of the article is generated by AI? by ChatGPT. There are tools, but I don't know the names right yeah. now. Do you encourage your student to use ChatGPT to write homework? In university, yes. In schools, it's not allowed. What is good, ChatGPT or other tools, is that it can give you a structure. This is what students also confirmed me that it's a new kind of reflection on the structure. It makes the rest of your researches easier. I also use tools to make presentations and it's really, it's impressing if you see that you can choose between language. Shall it be casual? Shall it be intellectual? Or you can choose the design and you can choose the time you have to talk. And then in real time, you get the whole presentation. Of course, you have to work on it because the content is not at the end the best, but it gives you 
you a structure and it makes it much easier. Have you ever done any fundraising? Not yet. We all organized and managed everything by ourselves with own capital. Fundraising in 2021 was pretty easy, as I heard. Everybody wanted to invest in, in startups and NFT. And nowadays it's not so easy because all of the economical situation and everything. But fundraising is important for companies, mm. startups. And there's a statistic and it's only 2% of the money goes to female funded company from VC. How do you see this? It must be the reality. I don't know. Do you think it's changing? It's better? It's getting better? Or There are special um, uh, funds, especially for women right now. This is something that didn't exist before. It's changing, definitely. Yeah. So we are on the forefront of new businesses and new companies. It's our time now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you have the old gender uh, thematic. Life is changing and... Yeah, and it's an opportunity. Yeah. I like how you see this as yeah. an opportunity. Yeah, I think sometimes we just don't, don't, how should I say? The history is already in the past, right? And right now we should focus on the future, such as digital art or like, you know, gender equality. And then right now, all the companies such as you just mentioned that the conversation a company wanted to change, right? To have more women on the board that are also positive. Just we need more supply in the market. We don't have enough women, you know? <laughs> Just yes. come out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's maybe it's a type question as well. As a businesswoman, you, you need power. You need to be patient and uh, what we call in German Durchhaltevermögen. I don't know the English word. Mm -hmm. And of course, you have. Is it persistent? Persistent, yeah. Or no? Persistence, yeah. In okay. this direction. So there are many challenges as well. And if you are freelanced, of course, it's different than the situation if you are employed. Yeah. So yeah. you have to care about your monthly income for yourself. And there are mountains and valleys. And <laughs> you have to be that person that can go through these periods of time. Do you think mentorship is important? Or do you think community or like support group is important in this regard. It is, yeah. Mentoring is also not the better thing. Self-reflection is not the better thing. And I have colleagues who are training business discussions in front of a mirror before. It's a kind of a special language you can be taught. And in Munich, is there any, this kind of group exist or on the internet if there's any woman kind of group exists in terms of education, getting resources, you know, mentorship. There is a women Bitcoin group in Munich. They have meetups regularly. I have been to some different events in the last year that was dedicated for women with discussions about this yeah, leadership, like in every city. So it's not a question of Munich or not Munich. It happens in every city, also in small cities. Women are coming together we are stronger together <laughs> yeah we are stronger together yes, yeah exactly and also like, what kind of events are you hosting right now and then tell us a little bit about your new venture in december we had our last show nft must go with the x circle galleries there we are regularly showing digital art in different fields of digital art so ai ar xr network and net art and everything then i'm doing a lot of keynotes also this year about all these topics 
topics because you know education is really my favorite thing. Personally, I'm going more in this healthcare direction and education in schools and university and also in the field of business for companies. Healthcare? What do you mean by healthcare? The virtual worlds in science and therapy, for example, is very interesting. Yeah, mm. So to treat phobies, for example, in the metaverse makes absolutely sense. Three years ago, I was at Boston University and there was pandemic. Mm -hmm. All lockdown in the U.S. was bad, was horrible. And during that period of time, I got eating disorder. And then because it was pandemic, right? So you are not allowed to go to clinic or anywhere mm -hmm. if it's not necessary. I went into the hospital and then I got a lab check and then everything's kind of normal. I just didn't have sexual intercourse, of mm -hmm. course, mm -hmm. because my period didn't come for three months because of my eating disorder. Okay. And then they said, okay, if that is the case, then you need to go to um, psychiatrist sessions. I was actually one of the first one um, got this kind of treatment virtually and it worked. Yes. And it, it worked. Right? Mm -hmm. And I Sometimes people think, okay, I don't have time to go to therapies. So that is why I'm delaying the timing of getting help. I think that is very kind of like an old idea and which need to be refreshed, right? Yeah. And do you do the therapy in auto metaverse or just like virtually, starting virtually and then like... I think it's going hybrid, yeah. Mm. It's not that, of course, the future is about the digital extension of reality. We don't have only this reality in our times. We have augmented reality, we have virtual reality, we have extended or mixed reality. We have spatial computer from this year on. Life will be hybrid. Everything will be digital, I guess. Also products to treat or to be treated in virtual environments can be really good. Then we will have both. We'll have have these meetings in the metaverse or in virtual worlds and we have the face-to-face -face consultation. I think this concept needs to be encouraged yeah. more and more since now we are all working remotely, we are so digitalized and then in this kind of new way of living, I think we also need a new way of getting help as well. Yes. For mental health. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in case millennials also getting burned out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. What's the best and worst piece of advice you have ever given or ever received? The best and the worst was not to study art history. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like that. The best is always you can do it. It does not work. It does not exist. This is my opinion. My advice, it would be the next question is always be yourself, face challenges, be open to new things and changes. Change is the essence of life. Accept and deal with criticism as well. This is what I learned in the past. I'm very open to criticism and you can learn a lot of from the perspective on others and the view of the outside. I always try to go outside also in my own business and to look at things as a foreigner. Be open for change. Yeah, the only thing remain unchanged is keep changing, right? Yes. So <laughs> amazing. Yeah, thank you, Aneta. Like your entire journey, you know, from professorship, how you grew up, co-founded companies until now, how you see or envision the future as well. I think it's so inspiring. Also like for all the women that who is listening to this podcast right now, it's not impossible to re-enter the workforce and education. You emphasize the importance of education. That is 
just everybody needs to do right now, right? Yeah. Self-educating. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hope in the future we will have you over here again talking about spatial reality yeah. when Apple, the, the headset is out. I'm super yeah. excited as well. Or maybe we will host an event in Metaverse. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Okay, that's it. Oh, do you like, is that okay?